we are kind of alluding to the to the idea that women are this temptress, that they are yeah. temptation. And yeah. so we get the job, we're hired because they do see value in us. They are, I think, acknowledging that we have a brain and that we have good ideas. And so we're hired for that. We're hired for our work ethic and our drive. And yet in certain situations, the fact that we are seen as a temptation is going to outweigh any other value that we can bring to the table. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. Thanks for hanging out with us. She's Mikkel. I'm Brad. You ready? Let's do it. Season this. five, your first season five debut. I know. I feel a little rusty. We got you on the we got you on the board over here. We do. It's official. It is. All right. Let's get right into it. So, uh, in Christian circles, and I would say particularly in ministry circles, but in a lot of Christian circles, there's uh, a familiar sort of thing called the Billy Graham rule. Have you heard of it? Yes. Do you or know what it is? the Mike Pence rule. Mike right? Pence. Yes, he's like brought he it back. He followed to life. the Billy Graham rule, and so people started calling it the Mike Pence rule. And it is what? It is a practice, I guess, or a philosophy that they will never conduct a meeting or really be in any space alone with another woman, right? Other than his wife, or if he needs to go out to dinner, the wife, his wife, will be here. Yes, I like how you said the wife. The wife. <laughs> his wife. <laughs> trying to make you more objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They will never, I think specifically when Billy Graham started, it was never eat, travel, or meet alone with okay. a woman who's not his wife, right? And so they would, they'll go in the car. Um, if there's two women, fine. If there's a woman and a man, fine. Never just one woman. A man and a woman. Right? And actually, I'm kind of finding out a lot of churches still apply that to their staff members. Yeah, that they cannot conduct their meetings that way. Yeah. Okay. As, as a woman, you respond to that how? So I think probably I first hear that as a wife, and I can, for a couple minutes, sit in that and think, okay, that is, I can hear the heart in that. I can hear the honor in that probably is the best word, him trying to do, take every precaution to protect his marriage and do this out of respect to his wife. I can sit in that. Mm -hmm. I think that... If I take that wife hat off as a woman, I think it's a little more challenging for me to sit in that because I feel like we, for the last several decades, we've tried to move forward, move forward, move forward to make, to bring this level of equality to women in the workplace. And to me, that feels like a couple steps back. Like it feels like you're removing opportunity from women in the workplace. Yeah. And we should say Billy Graham was a traveling evangelist. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that for him was, I'm away from my wife and family for long periods of time, right? So he was really trying to protect in that way. Right. Sp you know, other people have adopted it, but that was why he did it. Anyways, I I No, and that does factor into there, it a little bit. Come, yeah. come, so come back to, well, I like what you were just saying. It's like, okay, women have been fighting for equality in the workplace for a long time and made significant steps, and this makes it feel like what? Why does it feel like going backwards? Well, it feels like you are instantly being removed from opportunities. Like we have Title VII who has made it very clear that no one should 
be excluded from any opportunity based on any reason, which includes gender. So if we're now saying that women should not be invited on to a conference, any work trip, that they sh there shouldn't be a working dinner with a man and a woman, I feel like I hear opportunities being stripped away. Okay, so I hear what you're saying, like, um, because a man might get invited to something mm -hmm. with a, a colleague, with their boss, something like that, that a woman, by way of this rule, isn't allowed to be there, right? Mm -hmm. oh, I see. So you're saying less opportunity in that way. Yeah, and there's okay. certainly still opportunities for these conversations to happen, but if you're also at the same time saying, yeah, but... You, it's probably not wise for you to go on this trip because it's only the two of us. Like, you are excluding someone based on their gender. Mm -hmm. And again, I hear, to some degree, I can respect the thought behind it, the proactiveness and, and making sure that someone feels like they're not putting themselves in a compromising position, that they're not putting their marriage in a compromising yeah. position, and yet it still doesn't seem like it's fair. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the premises of the rule is, okay, um, and, and Billy Graham, what he had said is, a lot of other people in his line of work have had these moral failures. They've had adulteries. They've made bad decisions, right? And so... They saw that the cost of that is so high, the cost of sin, the cost of what it does to their family, what it does to their ministry, just the witness. It. So it's like, okay, the, the, the cost is so high, so let's do everything to eliminate all risk, right? So um, they were trying to, to your point, sort of mitigate risk. I think that's even interesting, though, because we're going to do what we want. Like, it's okay. We're going to talk in a minute about wisdom. We can put rules in place, though, and a person who wants to get around the rules is going to find a way around the rules. So the truth is you can't eliminate all risk. Sure, yeah, and you can set up all of those rules. And like you said, if someone wants to sit in that way, they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. I think also what I hear in that is whether it's conscious or subconscious, we are – kind of alluding to the to the idea that women are this temptress, that they are yeah. temptation. And yeah. so we get the job, we're hired because they do see value in us. They are, I think, acknowledging that we have a brain and that we have good ideas. And so we're hired for that. We're hired for our work ethic and our drive. And yet in certain situations, the fact that we are seen as a temptation is going to outweigh any other value that we can bring to the table. Yeah. And so it's hard, again, not to hear that as some level of not being fair. Yeah. I think I hear what you're saying. I like that. And obviously, as a man, I don't, it's like you can describe this stuff, explain this stuff better than I can. It's interesting that it's almost like um, the woman is put up as, in this case, sort of the object of shame, that she's going to be the the interrupting factor to what could have been great, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This guy's career. But if this woman gets in here, look out for, ah, oh, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. What are the other assumptions in it that, okay, a man and a woman shouldn't meet together, you know, do business together, whatever. There's sort of this assumption that like we're animals as human beings. And if you put a man and a woman together in any circumstance, the outcome is inevitable. And it's like, that's yes, so stupid. He loses all control. <laughs> yes, it's like, it's so stupid. Because we are such a temptation. Oh, yeah, it goes back to that. Right, right. 
it's 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 not true. I mean, like we should say that human beings are not like animals that live on instinct. Yes. There's a yes. greater story involved in who we are. And they can weigh the ethical all that's brought to the table, the morality of it, the ethics of it. Like they can yes. make decisions different than animals. That's what makes us different. Yeah. Yes. So are we acknowledging that when we introduce a philosophy like this? Yeah. And again, I, do, I don't, this is not to bash on Billy Graham by any means. Like, and his situation was very unique. I can hear that. It, it's, it's very commendable. The fact that it's being introduced now, and again, more into like the office workplace, I think is the part that is a little bit cause for concern and, and I think should be thought through a little bit. I was talking to somebody who a little bit younger than us, and I just said, okay, let me describe this for you. Have you heard of this thing? What do you think? And they categorize it as, sounds like great intentions, poor execution. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, we get the heart of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, I love my husband. I love my marriage. I will fight to the end for my marriage. And so there are ways that I want to be proactive in protecting my marriage. Right. Is this the best execution of it? Right, right. I'm all about setting up healthy boundaries. What Are there other boundaries we can put into place that might not go to this extreme and That's are good. probably more practical? Okay, let's get there in a minute. But let me fly even higher than the Billy Graham rule for just a second. So um, actually, there's been a lot of like psychology work done in this area around the question of can men and women be friends? And I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things I would say is one, that's actually historically a new question. Really only in the last maybe at most 200 years have men and women even tried to be friends. Because historically and still in most cultures outside of the Western world, men are with men and women are with women. Mm -hmm. And then um, a man and a woman get married and start a, a life together. But it's not, there's not a lot of men and women being friends. So it is somewhat of a new question. And maybe even in that, it's like, well, then are we progressing or are we breaking something that was designed not to be? I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay, can men and women be friends? So are we talking about people who are married or are we talking about people who are oh, single? That's such another, that's a good element to add in there. I don't know. Take one of them. Start with married. All right. I would say, again, this is like going back to that boundaries thing. I think there's probably lots of us out there who collectively have friends who are married couple with married couple friends. Like that they're, they would consider, I would very easily say, I am friends with the husband. I am friends with the wife. Um, I think that there's also a different level of it where it's like you have, you're working you, you're employed and you have, you're working closely with people from, of the opposite sex who become your friends in the workplace. Yep. So I think in either of these scenarios, I would think healthy boundary is you and your husband, you and your spouse are setting up ahead of time, having conversations of what does friendship look like? What are we comfortable with? Are we comfortable with them hanging out one-on-one? -on -one? Like what does the texting conversations look like? What do phone call conversations look like? I think to me, like you set up those boundaries with your spouse ahead of time. What What's the comfort level with each of you? If you're not married, I don't know. I, I think friendship should be absolutely normal. You're already like scratching your your chin there. Well, I, I don't. interesting. And I think I have a different perspective on it too, just because I feel like the best relationships 
do start out as friendships. So why wouldn't you want to try and have yeah, friendships with the opposite sex in your pursuit of finding your husband or wife? That's true. That's good. I still think whether you're married or you're single, the the basic premise is we're not it driven by instincts. You have a level of self-control, right? And so I think we should not go, oh, now you're married, so you can't have friends of the opposite gender. Well, why? Because I'm only a product of my flesh and instincts? Because if that's true now, it was certainly true when I was single. And when I was single, I don't get to do whatever I want, right? There's still, I still have moral right. boundaries. Yes, there should still, still be boundaries. Yeah. That is, you know, of concern. Yeah. Well, if you have a friend of the opposite sex, I would hope that there's still some level of respect that you're trying to keep in right. that, in that friendship. So yes, you're right. Whether that is friend pre-marriage, after marriage, in the workplace, I think if we go back to the premise of showing respect for the other person, that should be one of our major guardrails. All right, so one more category, um, maybe, is like dating, right? Dating is is single, but mm-hmm. you know, not married yet, but but exploring a relationship. And so obviously people are going to want to spend time together to get to know each other. Yeah. And so I don't know, how do you apply this there? Yeah. Should 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 a man and a woman who are dating never be alone until the moment they're married? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those are the proper rules of courting. Okay, right? all right, good. Um, I think, again, like, what, regardless of your situation, whether it's friendship, whether it's dating, whether you're engaged, whether you are officially married, whether you're in the workplace, like, keep respect in mind. And so even in that situation, I think dating is a little tricky, too, because it's like, are we just going on a couple dates? Are we dating officially, exclusively? In any one of those stages, you probably should be having those conversations. Those are good, healthy conversations of, hey, so like, are we exclusive? How do you feel about this situation? I think just naming those things to avoid either hurting someone's feelings, disrespecting the relationship unintentionally, or just putting yourself in situations where you know that you might be tempted to sin. That's good. I think it's interesting, too, if we even go back to the Mike Pence role, it seems as though this whole philosophy philosophy was built on the idea of having respect, respect for your marriage, respect for your spouse. But at the same time, it seems like we're carrying it out in a way that's showing a, a little bit of a, like a slap in the face and disrespect to the women you work with because sure. you, you're not trusting that situation. Sure. You're not... You're excluding them from opportunities. Yeah, there's a really ugly assumption in it. Yeah. About, yeah. And so if other people of the opposite sex. Yeah. So if we keep respect on the table of of how we enter into any relationship, I feel like this should clean out some of the muddiness that, that comes with this whole philosophy. Yeah. I think one of the things that we've done that's, that's damaging in it. And, you know, recently, um, Joe and I did a talk on gender. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's that's damaging about some of this is, you know, the Bible says that God created male and female in his image, right? And so what it's what mm-hmm. it's saying there is it takes both male and female to complete or fulfill the image of God in humanity, right? So as men, men cannot fulfill or complete the image of God in humanity. Women can also not do it. Right. We actually need both to complete the character and the image of God to the best that humanity can do. And when we 
push one aside or the other, we, that's actually not how God designed us to work together in partnership. Like the original design is family, brothers and sisters in God's family. So even as someone who's married, my wife is my sister before she is my wife. She was my sister in God's family before we were married, and for all of eternity, she will be my sister. And there's something weird that we do when we pull at gender like this, that, that we separate gender like this, that kind of tears at what God has designed. Yeah, and we see that in his design for parenting. We see that in his design for marriage. We've we can recognize that men and women bring different things to the table just in the way that they are yeah. built and the way that they think. Yep. So again, I'm sorry, I keep going back to the workplace, but like to strip out those that equal representation in meetings, whether it be in a large group setting or one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. like we're, we're, we're stripping down the value of God's design. Yeah, good. Okay, so we, you mentioned it a couple of times, but like let's just quick go to sort of what, what do we do with this conversation, right? What's sort of the application of this? And you've mentioned the word boundaries. I, I do think we would all agree there's some wisdom we, that, that needs to be put into our relationships, mm. work, personal, all that stuff, because we're sinful human beings and we've seen too many leaders make mistakes and mm. it destroys in ministry, it destroys lives, it destroys churches, right? So we've, we've seen this happen too often. So it's like, okay, what's wisdom look like? You mentioned, I love what you said earlier. It's like, you should be having conversations with your spouse what's appropriate? What are they comfortable with as far yeah. as your relationships, right? Yeah. Because if my wife says, I'm not comfortable with X, Y, or Z, as someone who is called to serve her first, Absolutely. I have to submit to that. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless if you feel it is com completely platonic, you have to respect the other person in that relationship and what their comfort level is. I think too, just it's having those conversations with your spouse, but also it's on the employer, it's on the church to be having those conversations, too, of naming. Like, we know that this exists. We know that sexual harassment exists. We know that sin exists and that we are going to be tempted. So having those conversations to say, you need to find accountability in that. Like, name that. Have someone that you can be talking to about that so that if you do feel like you are in this situation, it is uncomfortable, and you catch yourself having sinful thoughts, like there's someone, a safe place for you to go to reconcile that and, and take proactive me measures to go forward, but encouraging those conversations across all levels. Yeah, that's good. Just calling it out, right? Mm -hmm. And because that helps clarify boundaries too. Right. And keeps us accountable. Mm -hmm. Good. All right, hey, good conversation. Comment, like, subscribe, you know, support the program. Let's go. And wasn't Jesus alone with women? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And treated them with love and respect. Good. See you next time. <laughs>